Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. This is Lisa Leitner from Don't IEP Alone, A Day in Our Shoes, here with another podcast episode. Today is an exciting day. Um, sometimes I wonder if like my blog readers and podcast followers, if you all think I'm a giant flake or that I really and truly lack executive functioning skills, um, because I make so many promises and then it takes me forever sometimes to follow through on them. But I just, you know, here we are second week of January and I can't, it's hard to get my feet underneath me. Um, you know, I spent a whole day taking my son to New York city which um, I'm actually really proud of myself because I left the house a little after nine in the morning, drove all the way up to Manhattan, had the neurology appointment, drove all the way home, and I was home like at five minutes to five. So eight hours door to door up to Manhattan and back um, and Mount Sinai is on the Upper West Side. So I was proud of that, but it's still, that's, that's a whole day. I mean, that is an entire day that I spend doing that. And then he also had, uh, an endoscopy. So, <coughs> excuse me, that required, um, I had to get up at O dark 30 to give him his medicine, let him go back to sleep and then wake him up and all that. And we were at DuPont children's hospital for about half a day doing that. At least half a day. It was like seven hours. Then, on top of that, I got new appliances for Christmas, which I was very excited. I know that makes me sound like a 1950s housewife, but I was very excited about them. Um, so my husband's like, oh, hey, yeah, the new appliances are coming, so we have to clean. You know, we're going to pull out the old ones, and we have to clean. And I'm embarrassed. It was disgusting. I do keep a pretty clean house, but I do not move my appliances regularly and clean them. And it was, I was gagging. It was really disgusting. Um, but anyway, that took up like almost a whole day because I had to scrub and, um, I had to clean out the freezer and the fridge and anyway, so you know what they say about intentions and I do always have the best of intentions, but it seems like day after day after day, um, things just, just get in the way. Um, so, but anyway, I am excited because I am actually, this is my point here. I am actually recording some podcasts today with guest speakers, and I sent out a sign-up genius with um, dates and times. I have them marked off in my book, and so that is actually going to happen. I'm really excited about that because I, I get tired of listening to myself speak, and I don't, I actually don't talk a lot. I'm really not a talker. I love to write, but I don't like to talk, um, but anyway. So that's where we are. Um, it is January and 
like many other parts of our lives, um, IEPs and our kids and all that fun stuff, um, it, it just gets busier in January. It just seems, you know, you know how it is during the holidays. You just kind of put things aside and you say, oh, I'll deal with it next year. I'll deal with it next soon. Um, and then before you know it, it's, it's here and the new year is here and people are like, okay, this year I'm going to do this or now I'm going to tackle this. And we make our giant to-do lists and, um, you know, and, and start working on them. Also in January, it, in addition to just being more motivated to get things done, a lot of us are looking toward February which um, for most school districts, I believe, February means a new report card for people, um, for students. So a lot of students get a, another report card in February. And at least here in Pennsylvania, for some students, not all of them, um, the Armstrong group, you know who you are. It's, I, I believe I have something on the blog about it. Um, but by February 28th in Pennsylvania, for some kids, the ESY decisions have to be made or revisited or I, I forget the wording, you know, again, I haven't even looked at it yet this calendar year. So, um, so yeah, so February is like big and then you know, like all of a sudden, you know, January's over, you have a couple of snow days and MLK day and all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's February and ESY and so... Um, my point being, I want to start getting you, in addition to the podcast interviews I'm doing, um, we're going to start working on, you know, your IEP meeting. Because I know a lot of places do IEPs in the spring, IEP meetings happen in the spring, and um, ESY decisions happen in the spring. So we are going to be talking about that in the coming weeks in between interviews. So um, just wanted to talk today briefly about your child and them attending their IEP meeting and whether or not they should attend their IEP meeting. This has been coming up in the group a lot, uh, not a lot, frequently, somewhat frequently. Um, it's been coming up. So I wanted to, to revisit the idea. I do have a blog post on it about what age I think is appropriate to attend an IEP meeting and six reasons why they should attend their IEP meeting. Um, so I'm going to get into that now since, you know, like I said, many of you have IEP meetings coming up and you're wondering if your child should attend or maybe you've never even thought about it before. And I am a huge advocate for kids attending their IEP meeting. Um, and, and I'm going to get into that. I know a lot of parents have terrible and stressful IEP meetings and negative things are said, people are rude, you know, all, all, all kinds of things happen in IEP meetings. And you think, well, good Lord, why in the world would I ever expose my child to that? Right. So let's address that. Um, First, you know, we do a lot for our kids and we advocate for them. We're their voice. Sometimes when our kids literally don't have a voice at all um, and we advocate for them and then sometimes we just kind of get wrapped up in that and we forget that we're not going to be here forever and that our, at some point our kids need to learn to advocate for themselves. Self-advocacy skills do not just magically appear. 
they have to be taught. And I believe attending or participating, I shouldn't say attending the IEP meeting, participating in the IEP process is something all kids with IEPs should do. Why not? I mean, it's their IEP. This is what affects them day in, day out. And it makes no sense to me that we don't give them any say in the process at all, right? I mean, shouldn't they have a voice? This is their education. This is their future. And we exclude them from the process with the accept of, you know, evaluations and implementation. But we, we rarely ask their opinion. We rarely ask them, you know, how things are going. We just wait for behaviors to either develop or not. Um, and we forget to actually slow down, take a deep breath, and, and visit with the child and say, is this working for you? And so on. They need these self-advocacy skills. Like I said, we can't live forever. I'm trying. I'm, I'm on a path. I want to live to 100. But, um, you know, we can't live forever and our kids need to develop these skills. So that is one reason why I believe they should be participating in the process. Now, as far as um, if you have horrible IEP meetings and you think, well, I would never, I would never invite my child to that environment. Um, for one, having a child there may change the tone of the meeting. I would hope that if someone is a giant asshole, that they're not going to be a giant asshole in front of a kid. Or that if they're going to say negative things about a child and call them names or brat and tell them they're mis you know, misbehaving and all that, I would hope that they don't say that in front of the child. That can happen. I know that does happen. Hopefully those incidents are rare. But having your child there can change the tone of the meeting. If it doesn't, of course, you can always excuse the child. If you can see that this isn't going to work, you can excuse them and say, you know, I think maybe this is enough. You can go back to class. But there are other ways to have your child participate without sitting through an IEP meeting. They can write a letter or make a list. I mean, it doesn't have to be a letter. It can be a list. It can be a few things. You know, you can just sit with your child. You can make a video. Just everybody has a phone these days. Make a video with your phone and just a simple, hey, what would you like your team at school to know about life day to day? What's working? What's not working? Um, you can give them a few questions and let them an you know, answer them in an interview on video and then just show that at the IEP meeting. You can have them make a list or a letter, as I said, and have them come for the first five or 10 minutes of the meeting and just have them either read the letter or say what they want to say, you know, make a statement. Again, you can have prepared questions for them and say, I want to bring him for the first 10 minutes. And you have a list of three questions. Hey, tell us what you like about school. Tell us what you don't like about school. Tell us what's hard for you. Tell us what helps you in school. Okay. They need to, if you have a really negative IEP team and your, your meetings are hostile and contentious, then that to me is all the more reason why you need to get your child involved to the maximum extent possible. Because that tells me that your team has really lost focus and they've really forgotten about why they're there and who they're there for and what they're supposed to be doing. Okay. So I, I know 
when I, when when you hear the oh your child should attend your IEP meeting like I get it a lot of parents are just like no you know big gasp I would never ever sub- subject my child to that okay but but attending an IEP meeting can mean different things for different kids okay um your team also needs to be reminded, except for, honestly, I find that except for a lot of the teachers, well, no, I shouldn't say that. I should say that oftentimes the LEA and administrators, they tend to lose sight of why they're there. And they may not even see the child. The My child's meetings, IEP meetings, and we just had a an AT or set process meeting, last couple weeks ago, um, those meetings are the only time that my LEA sees my child. Okay. They only see him once a year. And that's true. I know for a lot of LEAs that they, you know, maybe they see the kid in the halls or the cafeteria or something like that, but they don't interact with the child very often, not like a teacher or a therapist. Um, So I think it's important to remind the teams and remind LEAs why they're there and get to see the child in person. Um, It also helps them, I I think it helps with decision-making. You know, you can make a decision based on what you see in black and white on paper but seeing a child in front of you is, is different. It just changes the tone. Um, it's also, I think, you know, there's a reason why, you know, door-to-door marketers still do door-to-door marketing. And that's because it is more difficult to say no in person. So I think if you have a child stand up and say, you know what, I really think this is what would work for me, or I really think that I need this kind of help, um, that's very powerful. And I think it's a lot harder to say no to someone who is the person themselves who is truly asking for help. Okay. Um... Your child is allowed to attend the IEP meeting once they reach the age of transition, which is 14 in some states, 16 per IDEA. Okay, IDEA says 16. Some states have bumped that down. Once they are transition age, the the whoever creates the IEP meeting is required to invite your child to the meeting. They are not required to attend, but they are required to invite them. They also, there's no way you cannot prevent a child from attending an IEP meeting. And what I mean by that is if, if you, you know, you have your IEP meeting and you say, great, I'm going to bring him with me. They can't say, well, no, we don't do that here. You can't do that. Or he's not allowed to attend. Yes, he is. Um, the meeting is about this person and, um, he is allowed to attend. So it can also really, 
show you how your team feels about, you know, their kind of their main mission. You know, every IEP meeting should have a mission statement and the mission statement is that child. So if you say, yeah, I'm going to bring so-and-so, I'm going to bring my child to the IEP meeting and you can explain what they're going to do. If they're going to, you know, say, I'm going to have them sit for the first 15 minutes or whatever you're going to do, or, you know, Hey, I'm going to have them read a statement and then they can go back to class or whatever that might be. Um, how that is received by your team can, can say a lot. They're there for the child. That should be their main focus. Their main mission is to help that child access and benefit from their education, right? That's their main goal. And if they are really perturbed that you want to include the child in these discussions and that decision-making process, I think that speaks volumes because they should, you know, that that's what they should want to do. I have heard in my area of older kids actually running their IEP meetings. And I think that's a fantastic idea if you can make that a personal goal in your household to work on self-advocacy skills to the point where, you know, they are in junior high or high school or beyond and they are running their own IEP meeting. I think that's fantastic. This is their future. It's their education. If you can get a child to do that, that's just, I mean, that's just amazing. Okay. So, um, again, earliest age possible to the maximum extent possible. What that looks like is going to be different for every kid. The flip side of this is if your child needs services and they are a, um, let's just say a belligerent teenager, and actually I, ha I don't mean to be rude by that because I have a belligerent tweenager, um, but if they need supports and services on their IEP and you think that they're being belligerent and they're, they don't want these supports and services and you think that they're going to refuse them or you think that in the meeting um, that they're going to cause trouble and say, well, I don't want that or I don't like doing that. I don't like going to the resource room, even though they really need to be. Um, you know, I don't like whatever it is. If you think that's going to be a problem, you know, obviously not every situation is black and white. So you're going to have to use your parental judgment in, in these, in the, in this decision, you know, cause this, you have a kid in a meeting who's saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to the resource room. I don't want to do this. Then the team's going to say, well, why, why are we doing this? He doesn't want it. Um, and it may make it harder. I live right by an airport. I don't know if you can hear that helicopter. Um, it just went by. It's really loud, even though it's January and I have all my windows closed. Um, it was pretty loud. Anyway, so in that instance, again, even if they are capable of attending an IEP meeting, but you think that they are going to argue against things that are probably in their best interest 
and I'm, I'm a huge believer in self-advocacy, but I'm also a huge believer in that kids need us. Kids need parents and they need adults to set boundaries and sometimes overrule their decisions because they are still kids and kids don't always make the best decisions because of their knowledge base. Not that adults always make the best decisions, but, um, anyway, if you think that's going to be an issue, then go back to the writing thing. Hey, I have your IEP meeting tomorrow. Can you write down a couple of things that you want to make sure that we talk about? Or can you write down a couple of things about what you think you need or what is working for you or what isn't working for you and why? so that's all I have to say about that Um, thanks for listening if you have any other questions I do have a blog post on this at adayinourshoes.com happy January I hope your new year is off to a good start and I will talk to you guys soon take care Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. my way.
my way. It's gone my way. It's gone my way. It's gone my way. 